2: It's time for Home Loans Radio on Real Radio one hundred four point one with that Mortgage Guy Don. Join the conversation. Text us at seven seven zero three one. Now, here is that Mortgage Guy Don.
3: Hey, 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 hey! Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. You are listening to Home Loans Radio. We are here, right here at this spot, every Saturday morning from nine and ten until ten thirty. I am here with my crew, MJ. Hey. And the Fritz man. What up, bruv? What's up, team? Team Home Loans Radio. What's going on this morning? All Uh, right.
4: Well,
3: yeah, I mean, nothing much. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. You guys have prepared some remarks. (laughs) (coughs) We're here uh, to talk about uh, what do we talk about, MJ?
1: It's Valentine's Day.
3: No, that's not what we talk about. Actually, I have it on my list to talk about, but not that's not where we start. That's not where we start. The, the topic of the show. For well, those, you know, for those any, people who've never heard this before.
1: As anyone knows who's ever gone to a gallon, Galentine's Day celebration, <laughs> the topic is always mortgages.
3: Oh, duh, of <laughs> that's course. All,
1: that's all a bunch of girls want to talk about.
3: We talk about mortgages and real estate and home loans and refinancing. I'm a mortgage expert, uh, and I can answer your questions, and you can answer. Text them into seven seven zero three one. That's what we do. It's a participatory show. It's a live show. This is Saturday uh in the Valentine's Day season. That's Love right. is in the air. It was today, the thirteenth. Love is in 14th. the air. That's right. Yeah, you, you have a Valentine, Fritz. Oh, of course, every year.
4: <laughs> Same one, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> MJ, you have a Valentine?
1: Yeah, most of the time.
4: Most of the time. <laughs> I have a Valentine well, most of the time. I
3: like that. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, idea. and talking about Galentine's Day. Tell people what that is that don't Everybody that, that knows what parks, that is. That aren't Parks and Recs fans. Well, it's, Rec. it, is,
1: it is gone past the Parks and Rec, Recs world. Mm-hmm. But it's a celebration for girls to hang with their girls on, on the 13th.
3: On the, the day before Valentine's. Yes. And what do you do?
1: And well, before the coronavirus, you'd go to lots <laughs> of places and hang with you. you have friends over and you'd all hang out. And, yes. and if you read the description, drinking is, part, is a big part of it. It's yeah. listed there. Um, but you hang out and like have a dance party and talk about stuff. Or it, a lot of clubs used to have a thing. And mortgages. At Day. And mortgages. Yeah, a lot of a lot of refi talk uh-huh. at Galentine's Day. A lot uh-huh. of people like, you know, <laughs> it's like, hey, let me tell you what, you know, my man is. It's like, no, let me t- talk to me about your mortgage. I really want to hear about what you got going on there. Right.
3: And you're talking about, like, how low the rates are. Yeah,
1: mostly it's and about that.
3: how it's historic lows right now.
1: I'm sure that's what would be. All a flutter in the Galentine's. The world. If, <laughs> if it was not a coronavirus year, where I'm sure you know, maybe people are are uh, having Galentine's by Zoom. But
3: well, how a, fortunate that that I'm on today, so right? I can give everybody who's on their way some to Galentine's, Galentine's Zoom party some some talking points, and you'll have things to chat about today.
1: Not much a commute for those parties.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and. Uh, what's happening with rates is that they've stayed exactly the same for like oh, the really? third week in a row. Wow. Yeah. It's very unusual. We we had throughout the last year, we've had a lot of ups and downs, but it, the general direction has been down. And then like the last three weeks, it's kind of hit a, uh, it's not a plateau because we're down at the bottom of a curve, mm-hmm. but, but you know, kind of a, a, a space where things aren't moving as far as rates are, are concerned. The, the national average with Freddie Mac has been 2.75 for, the last three weeks or so on a 30 year for people that are well qualified. And, and for, um, a 15 year, it's been around two and a half, sometimes down to 2.375, but that 30 years been staying there there. That's kind of an indicator that things may be going up because the, the, the treasury, which normally the 10 year treasury, which normally controls the interest rates, um, Got up to a high level, the highest it's been since March, last March, when the pandemic started about three weeks ago and the rates stopped going down and they didn't start going up. They're just kind of staying there like it's like they're waiting for something uh, to see what's going to happen with the economy or, or the pandemic or. Uh, you know what's going on in the the impeachment trial it's like they're, they're kind of hanging out waiting to see what's going to happen and um so they haven't really gone anywhere but all of the other indicators the things that usually make rates start to tick back up mm-hmm. are in place so i'm i'm feeling obviously if i had a crystal ball i'd be b- retired in uh barbados right <sighs> now or you know by now but uh I think that the rates are going to start heading back up. It's a question I get a lot of times every week. Sure. Uh, people go to home loans website and they text me questions there. They can email me questions there during the week. And I get a lot of them, you know, asking me when are rates going up? I think this is the ideal time to think about refinancing, uh, your home. If you're one of those people we talked about all month in January about procrastinating and, and not procrastinating. And, um, and, uh, the, idea that now is the right time to to be thinking about a refinance because the rates may be going up but you also put it off for the entire year of last year and now the time to think about it before they start going up you can save a lot of money uh, when you refinance if you, if you have questions about that text them in to 77031 and i will answer them on there we'll also be talking today about purchases of first-time home buyers. if you have any questions you know if you're thinking also, now's the time to stop procrastinating and think about finally buying that house and, and not continuing to rent. Well, then we can answer questions about that as well.
1: Sure, and we are getting some questions already. All right.
3: Good.
1: <laughs> What's the difference between cash out and no cash out, and can you get cash out when you purchase?
3: Uh, excellent question. The so what they are talking about is with a refinance. So if you if you already have a mortgage, mm-hmm. well, in the first part of the question, if you already have a mortgage, you can right. do a few types of refinance. One of them is the two main categories are what they call rate and term, also known as a a no cash out refinance, or you can do a cash out refinance. And the difference is pretty straightforward. If you're if you've got enough equity in your house where you want to take equity out of it. Uh, then you can pull cash out by doing a refinance. It refinances your first mortgage down to a a lower rate in most cases. Most people don't have a rate of 2.75 or 2.875 on their current mortgage. Uh, They they can't because it's only happened this year that they've Mm -hmm. been down that low. So prior to that, everybody was up above three or four or 5%. But you can do a cash out loan and lower your interest rate down to the current rate. And then that pays off your first mortgage, and then if you want to do more, if you've got more room in your equity, then you can take out additional cash to do, uh, I don't know, you can do whatever you want with it, you know, within reason. You can do a new pool, you can…
1: People are doing that.
3: Oh, yeah, tons. Yeah, I, I'm seeing probably about 50% of the loans that we're doing are cash out refinances and then another big percentage of people are doing the rate and term refinance and on that one you don't you don't need to take any cash out for for home improvements or paying off debts or what have you you're just refinancing your current loan either to get the rate lower you know uh, or at the same term or to get your term lower and the term lower means instead of a 30 year maybe you do a 25 or a 20 year or a 15 year cool and and, and on those what, what, what you're doing there is you're shortening the amount of payments you do. And so when you when you shorten the amount of payments, you shorten the amount of interest overall. Like if you go from a 30-year a down to a 20-year, you're shaving off 10 years' worth of mortgage payments. And ten if you're paying, you know, that's right. that's 120 payments. If you're paying $1,000 a month, that's $120,000. So that you can,
1: just don't pay for the same that house. you just don't
3: pay, yeah. You, your payment is a little higher mm-hmm. when you pay less payments. Just like when you do a car, you know, right. 36 months versus 72 months but if your rate is 4 or 5% and you go down to a rate in the 2s it might not change your payment to go down to a 25 or a 20 so that's the main difference between the rate and term
1: and you still save all that money
3: yeah and you're going to save all of that that money and
1: the other if, part of the question <clears throat> is can you take money out of a purchase
3: So when you're buying a purchase, sometimes people want to do the mortgage amount Mm -hmm. for more than what the purchase is so that they can get cash out to do repairs. And that's not a thing. You can't you can't do that. The purchase price is kind of the cap and you have to put down your three percent or five percent or 10 or 20 percent down payment. And that is based on the purchase price. So you can't in in any case that I know of take money out as cash in your pocket when you purchase to do improvements on a house. You can't. I've seen some people do it like where they're buying a house from a family member where they'll pay a higher price than what the, the other party wanted. And then that, you know, your mom or whoever would give you back some of that cash from the purchase. But outside of that, you're going to have a hard time getting any cash out on a purchase.
1: Here's someone I'm buying a house and the seller says they cannot locate the survey and I'm being told I have to pay for one. Is that right?
3: Yeah. So you're, you're. sir, what they mean by a survey survey is a black and white drawing of the property from above. OK, you know, so above
4: not like a survey at all. What's that? Not like a survey at all. Not like a... Not like uh Out of 100 people we... <laughs> right? 100 my, people surveyed.
1: My favorite is always four out of five dentists surveyed. It's like, what that one dentist who's like, nope, you need sugar in your gum. Yeah, he's like, a jerk. For sure. like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dentist and I stand by sugar in your gum. I, I just never understood that.
3: Yeah, so not that kind of survey, no? Chris. No, not like, uh, you know, 100 people surveyed, what's your favorite place to uh, look at the moon? No. it's a It's a drawing. It's a Uh, uh, I don't want to say an architectural but it's a line drawing of the Mm -hmm. property it shows like from above yeah from above it shows where your property lines are where your neighbors are where your house is positioned where your sidewalks are how far they are all of that kind of stuff
1: something I recently learned about surveys what's that is that there's a metal pole that Mm -hmm. is in the ground that actually determines the corner of your property
3: for 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 properties that are in a subdivision or a mm-hmm. planned unit development yeah on, on all the corners of your property there should be a metal iron rod you know into the ground sometimes there's a stone marker but that's how the surveyors determine where your property lines are on on bigger properties you do something called meets and bounds which means you say they say like from the oak tree down, out by the front stoop over to the river where it turns by the you know the stone house you know and that's called meets and bounds where you're just going from one landmark to another you might see that out, out on you know rural properties 10 of uh, 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 acres but in in subdivisions every corner is going to be marked so they know where it is when you do a survey or you see a survey they go put little flags in the ground mm-hmm. where those are but the question was they're, they're buying a house yep. and they said that the seller doesn't have a survey yep and they're being told they have to buy one yep which is accurate in florida when prop when you refinance or when you purchase property you have to have a survey so that the title company can do something called a Florida form nine survey endorsement. And
1: that's on the buyer.
3: Uh, no, it's, it's, well, it's on the buyer. Yeah. When you're buying a house or if you're refinancing, it's up to you to have your survey. If you don't have one, you're going to have to pay one so that they can do that Florida form nine. And that form nine basically is them certifying that everything on your property is within your property lines. You know, your neighbor hadn't built their driveway or their shed in your yard and and so forth. So the answer is you can use in some cases the seller survey. If they have one mm-hmm. and they give it to you and it's usable by the title company then that's kind of a courtesy. It'll save you right. money. But what if, is
1: it what it makes it usable or not usable?
3: Well, it determines it's determined by the age and mm-hmm. if there have been any changes to the property. So if like a new addition was built since that last survey it's not going to be any good or if it's 20 25 years old it's probably not going to be any good. So if the seller gives you a survey that's great. They, they saved you about 275 bucks, but it's not up to them to do it. It's kind of a courtesy. See if they provide you a, a survey.
1: If you need one, where do you go to get one?
3: Your your t- your mortgage person, your mortgage expert, is going to take care of that for you. They're going to make sure that it gets ordered as part of the transaction. So when we're doing the the purchase and we're getting close to the end of it, and we know it's going to close, then we'll go ahead and get that survey ordered for you. And it usually takes about two or three days for them to come back. Don't want to order it ahead of time, you know. Until you know the loan is clear to close, because that it can be two hundred. It's two hundred seventy five dollars usually for smaller properties. If it's a bigger acreage, they can run fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars for oh, a survey. Um, but you don't want to do that until you're sure that the, the purchase is going to close before you make that expense. Excellent ever, question.
1: Do you ever run into a survey problem like when you're getting close to close and the survey comes back and it's like, oh, we got a problem? We
3: have had some survey problems, yeah. And there, there's like certain the fence
1: is not on your land or
3: the fences are more of a transient thing the problems come when somebody built you know a driveway or uh let's say a mm-hmm. garage or something like that and they thought they were in their property line maybe they didn't get it permitted when they did it uh and it can it can cause some problems but usually they can be worked out between the two parties you just make some sort of an agreement uh, as to as to how it you know
4: how it's it's structured like sometimes you can park in that person's garage
1: Right, that's what I was thinking.
4: Like, like awesome. I,
1: I'm just going to bring all these Christmas ornaments <laughs> for your storage. The guy's just
4: scratching his head, going, "I, I guess that's fine."
1: Right. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. How do you make an arrangement if you know somebody's yeah. like?
4: The other,
3: the other time when a survey can be important is when you are in a flood zone. So FEMA hmm. has these maps that tells you whether your property or your house is in a flood zone. And if you're in a flood zone, then you got to carry an extra insurance on your property called flood insurance odd name for that Mm -hmm. but right
4: yeah very deceptive
3: (laughs) (laughs) but i've seen properties where they you know those they'll trigger when we do a a refinance or purchase there's something called a flood certification and it'll trigger that flood cert and say this property is in a flood zone but you can have a, a surveyor go out there and determine exactly how high you are in your flood zone and that helps you with cheaper insurance if you if your house happens to be up higher than say part of your land that's in a flood zone. I've also seen it where someone will have a corner of their lot will be in a flood zone, but the house is not. So you can, you can make it so you don't have to have flood insurance by getting a surveyor to do that uh, extra report called an elevation certificate.
1: We just call that our sometimes lake.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Florida. Sometimes we're
1: lakefront. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Welcome to Florida. Well, you're listening to Home Loans Radio, folks. You can text in your questions about refinances, purchases, home loans, and I think we've covered surveys, but if you've got another question on that, you can text that in. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: Be a part of today's conversation by texting us your question at 77031. Now back to That Mortgage Guy, Don.
1: Good morning. Good morning. You're listening to Home Loans Radio with That Mortgage Guy, Don. I'm MJ, and we got Fritz in the house. hey well, not in the house, but in the high tower, of real radio.
4: <laughs> I've slept a here house. a couple times. Yeah. It's kind of like a house.
1: It, yeah. It's kind of like your house sometimes. Right. Fritz.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome back folks. You're listening to home loans radio. We're here every Saturday morning doing the thing that we do. We talk about mortgages and real estate and it is a participatory show. You can tell us what you're doing. What's going on out there in the world? What what are you doing today? We're in here doing this, so listening to you. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. Tell us what's up.
3: Yeah, tell us what you're doing out there. You can text in to seven seven zero three one. MJ has an inquiring mind and she's I like is to know. Always wondering. She she looks at us all the time and says, What are what are the other people doing?
1: What are the people doing?
3: How's the other half live? What's going on out there on a Saturday morning?
1: There's somebody who's texted in that, uh, that Home Loans, I guess you saved them $600 on their monthly payments and lo- lowered their loan by five years. Wow. Heck, yeah. yeah that's, a,
3: that's a good example of what's going on, on on the daily out there. Not everybody's saving $600, but if you've got a rate that's 4 or 5 or 6%, you can save a crap ton of money. A crap ton is a lot. So that's a lot of money. That's the technical I mean, $600 term. 600 is significant. <laughs>
1: Well, and, can, and lowered the term right. by five. That's like the double, you know, win because you, yeah. $600 less a month.
3: Sometimes people save that money just by doing a rate and term refinance, meaning they, yeah. they're at a five and a half rate and they lower their rate down to 2.75. And maybe they also can drop their PMI, the mortgage insurance I mean, that they've been paying.
1: $600 a month is a car payment.
3: Yeah. You can I go mean, buy that new Lexus. You've you can do
1: something wanting. with $600 a month.
3: Yeah, or you can you throw that six hundred dollars at other maybe you've got credit yeah. cards you want to tackle. Save or it something up. like that. You can get
4: two microphones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you wouldn't want to do that every month, would you, Fritz? Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> you can and never have is my too microphone many microphones. Room. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: And and another way that people save that is that they'll take cash out, maybe they take out twenty or thirty or forty thousand dollars and pay off all their credit cards or car payments mm-hmm. or other debts. Well, then
1: or, their monthly <clears> bills <throat> go down even more.
3: I've, I've had people take their, I don't know what the record is, but probably the, the, the highest I can remember is about $2,000 a month where someone paid off everything that they had. They pay out of IRS lien, they paid off student loans and, and their house payment basically stayed the same because they, they lowered their rate by so much. So you can do, you can do a lot with that. If That's you, pretty life changing. I make it really simple to find out. I know a lot of people are out there wondering. It's kind of that next step. What do I, you know, do I want to do it? Do I not want to do it?
1: I think it's going to be a pain in the butt. I think it's going to be. arduous and difficult and is it worth it
3: it it, you know refinancing it's not like you're normal sitting around you got to do some things you got to gather some documents some pay stubs some w-2s you got to have an appraisal done in a lot of cases but finding out is easy you just go to Mm -hmm. homeloansradio.com you hit the apply now button we get back with you and we send you a quote in
0: your email and then you've got the numbers then you have something to decide with right now you
3: you don't even know what could be you know you you think maybe i could save some money this happens all the time i had someone yesterday i was talking to and they they started out saying i think maybe i can save about a 100 bucks well by the time we were done they were saving 375 dollars a month
1: wow
3: and for them there's like yeah 375 let's do it i'm on board but for that's a
1: microphone a month right fritz
3: (laughs) yeah
4: definitely you can buy one microphone
3: <laughs> for, for a hundred bucks a month, it's not worthwhile for some people. And frankly, you know, it probably wouldn't be because you have closing costs that you have to recoup and it takes some, some time closing costs usually run about 2% of the loan amount. So most people are recouping those. If it's a good loan for you, if it's a loan that you should be doing, you're recouping those in 12 months, 24 months or so. Uh, and then you're just enjoying those, those savings and the closing costs can be rolled into the, the loan itself. But yeah, that's a, uh, Saving six hundred bucks is is a is a big deal. Uh, the other thing I want to make sure and, and mention this week, and I'm going to keep mentioning it until March first, okay? Because then I'm going to stop, which is the homestead exemption. Wee. And the reason that I'm mentioning it is you have to not procrastinate on this. If you bought your house in 2020 then you have a small window from January 1st until March 1st in order to file your homestead exemption. This is what gets your taxes reduced. If you're a homeowner in Florida and you live in the house and you just bought it, it's not going to have a homestead exemption on it. You're going to be paying the full county property taxes, 100% of the taxes that they can assess on you. But if you go and file your homestead and say, I'm a Floridian, I live here, then you get a discount. And you have to go and file the paperwork, not literally paperwork, you can do it online, but you have to go and file your, your forms and so forth at the county and you go to the county uh, website and look up homestead exemption and it will tell you the instructions you have until March 1st. And I would suggest not waiting until March 1st. MJ, you recently did your homestead exemption. I did. And, and uh, so tell the people you went in and, and you needed to get a bunch of things right to, before you were ready to submit it or how did that go
1: yeah well i didn't go anywhere i went on the website yeah. and then um there was a couple things there was something wrong on the website they had a date wrong mm-hmm. and when i looked up my stuff and so i just emailed back and forth with the person over there <clears throat> very nice person mm-hmm. and got it all sorted and and i it, it's done.
3: Yeah. The, I guess my point being, it took two or three, four days for you to get it resolved. It
1: did. Cause I had yeah. that little hiccup on it. Otherwise I think it would be pretty easy. And there's some things you have to have ready. When you go to the website, you have to have driver's licenses for everyone who lives there that you're claiming. Um, you have to have,
3: and they have to be with the new address on those driver's the, yeah, licenses. You have to have the yeah. new
1: address on the, on the licenses. And, um, you know, once you put all that information in, then they just update your stuff.
3: Yeah. You'll need your closing statement. You'll need mm-hmm. to know what date you closed that kind of thing. Uh, what your purchase price was and then if you are
1: most of it's already there in, yeah. the, in the website like it already has your transaction mm-hmm. for me it just had the date wrong um, okay. by a month but it usually you'll just look and go yep that's me and you click it and then they just want to know you they have to verify you the property's already they have all mm-hmm. the property information
3: good so if you bought a house in 2020 you have to, you have uh just a couple of weeks left to get that homestead exemption filed today's the 13th Uh, If you have any questions on that, you can text them into 77031 and we will answer them.
1: And you can just Google, just Google your county homestead exemption. Like, you know, just Osceola County homestead exemption and it'll come right up. It'll give you right, you know, take you right there.
3: The other question that we got last week um, is... I bought my house in 2019 and I mm-hmm. never filed my homestead exemption. Yeah, can I still do it? Yes, you can still do it, but you got to be in this window between January and March 1st. So don't, uh, don't delay on all bets that. are off
1: after March 1st. You're all bets are to- off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're listening to home loans radio with that mortgage guy Don MJ Fritz. We're here. You can text in your questions to seven, seven, zero three, one MJ. We've got a new segment we're going to do. Wow. Well, yeah, uh, coming up. a little a little thing we're doing. Tell tell tease that for the folks that are that is coming up. Uh, you know, next segment.
1: Well, we, Fritz went out into the into the wild uh-huh. and uh, asked people about mortgage information, and I'm sure people were very excited about that. I'm that's, sure they were like, Fritz, really? Yeah. Finally, <laughs> that's
3: all you need to know, folks. Stand by; <laughs> we'll be doing that next segment.
1: Um, Here's a question: Hey, do you still need flood insurance if the house is on stilts?
3: Good question. I it...
1: always wondered that.
3: It really doesn't matter what the construction of the house
4: is.
1: Really? Uh, Even though the house is technically like way up higher than the land?
4: Well, it could still flood, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shouldn't they be counting where the house is, not so where the land is?
3: What Fe- the, FEMA has maps of the entire country and those maps show what parcels are in a flood plain of some sort. Mm-hmm. It can be a flood plain that's every you know 20 years, every 50 years, every 100 years. And depending on how frequently that area has flooded it determines the level of flood insurance, basically how expensive your flood insurance has to be. So it's based on the land that you're on. I don't, I've never had a house on stilts personally, so I don't know that there's any way you can get exempted from flood insurance, but I don't think so.
1: It just seems, you know, that's the whole point. The flood goes right under the house.
3: I just made a note. This is, you know, I don't like getting questions that I don't know the hundred percent answer to. (laughs) So I will know that question soon. And then you can uh, hit me up later in the next day or two on com, Just go there and put that question in the chat box and I'll get you a, a real answer on that. If there's any exemption, I mean, the question is, but you see like in, uh, the Florida panhandle and mm-hmm. Mississippi and yeah. and you know those houses on stilts they they wash away just as well as the ones that aren't on True. stilts so
1: <laughs> the stilts aren't as strong as land <laughs> yeah they're they're, st- <laughs> they're on sticks well there's
3: <laughs> there's sticks on sand holding you yeah. up from the from the land you know a lot of times we see them locally we see them out by the St. Johns River mm-hmm. you'll see houses on houses on stilts because that that can flood you know 15 10 15 feet, Ooh. and sometimes when we have a hurricane so
1: I don't I, want the St. John's River in my house
3: No that's it's like fun some, to be on it Oh yeah it's, it's lovely
1: but I'm, I don't want it in my living room it's that's a murky Yeah stuff. I
3: don't I don't want to live in it <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, don't, I don't want all those creatures to stay away
3: Exactly, yeah. but uh, good question. I don't know the answer. I'm going to find out the the full answer. For you, you have
1: stumped <clears throat> the mortgage expert
3: just for a minute.
1: I, I know <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, he's got the Google. <laughs> he's going to figure it out.
3: <laughs> I have some uh, experts I can call on flood insurance, uh, and right. uh, I've built myself a team of experts. But I think I, my my gut instinct is that it's based on the land because the FEMA land maps are what I'm determine sure you're the right. flood zones. So we'll find out for sure. I'm sure you're right. You're listening to Home Loans Radio. We're talking about all kinds of things. We were talking about earlier the, the what the current rates are. They're still at, at pretty record lows, but I see them shifting upwards. So you can expect, I think, over the next three months, we're going to see them starting to move up. We're still in the twos, around 2.75 if you're very well qualified, maybe even a little lower on some days depending on on what's going on and what type of loan and what type of credit score. Um, but you, you know, if you want to get a quote, you go to homeloansradio.com, and we'll put one together for you and email it to you.
1: Um, here's somebody who's out and about going to estate sales
3: oh that's uh, that's oh, always fun thanks yeah. for letting
1: us know what you're doing here's somebody who says Don changed my financial life oh then they said something disparaging about Moon Men from Mars
4: oh no oh know. well then I guess yeah. that guy just made uh, you talk about Moon Men from Mars so thank you that's
1: right <laughs> right which is a really awesome band that's for my uh, punk that band yeah, the,
3: one of Fritz's bands he one got, of,
1: one of his bands Fritz
3: has oh, 854 bands <laughs> Yep no i'm just kidding fritz has a band but pre-covid it was a very active band you could find yeah. them playing all over the place but you'll be back there and uh we feature quite a few of fritz's uh, songs during the show and i'm proud and happy to have them and appreciate it we are going to take a quick break we'll be right back with more of your questions
5: hey it's the king of denmark ryan holmes for the Monsters, and you're listening to that mortgage guy don in the home loans radio show
4: that's right ryan holmes you are listening to Home Loans Radio on Real Radio 104.1 with that mortgage guy, Don and MJ. I am Fritz. Yeah, you are. <laughs>
3: Welcome back to Home Loans Radio. You are listening to the most listened to, the most talked about, the most live show. Is
1: that true? Talking
3: about mortgages here on Is Saturday morning on Real Radio 104.1. Yes, once you listen to the whole sentence, it's completely true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got to let me finish. Uh, but yeah, welcome back, folks. This is a live show. We're here every single Saturday morning. If you're here with us as uh, by appointment, well, thank you for attending. I uh, had a number of people this morning, about, a, I don't know, at least 12 text me they were going to be listening today. And uh, so thanks for listening, folks.
1: Yeah, 12 listeners. That's awesome. That's awesome.
3: No, 12 <laughs> people that told me they were going to listen. No, I, but we have excellent ratings. I, we have thousands and thousands of people out there within the Real Radio 104 reach. And uh, thank you for joining us and uh, we do we're doing what we do you text in questions about mortgages real estate home loans surveys homestead exemption you know you're you're buying a house you would inherited a house you're getting divorced and you want to know how to handle that mortgage you're you're you want to uh, you're you're thinking about inheriting a house or your parents want you to you want to you want to know about any of that kind of stuff i'm your guy uh, you can text in your questions to 77031 you can also go if you don't want to text in you can go to homeloansradio.com there's a place there says uh, simply ask Don. You send a question in there, and I answer every single one of those. So if you got a longer or more difficult question, you can hit me up at the website, homeloansradio.com.
1: Got a couple homestead exemption questions okay. real quick. Yep. Um, one says, thank you for reminding me about the homestead exemption. Just looked up all the info and emailed it to myself and my hubby. All nice. right. Good, good job. job. And here's someone who said, if you refinanced last year and pulled out money, does that qualify for homestead exemption?
3: It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter when you refinance. It's only when you purchase. So if you purchase a home like this year, if you buy Mm -hmm. a house in 2021, anytime from January until December 31st, then you have to wait till next January to file your homestead exemption. But if you bought anytime during the year last year or anytime in the past at all, and you never filed your homestead exemption, then you can do it right now in this very small window from January 1st to march 1st and you can't you only do it once you do it the year the january after you buy your house is when you do the homestead exemption with some exceptions there are you can get you can get tax exemptions also for other things you can look at the website and see some counties differ a little bit but you can uh, if you became a widow during the year or widower you can now get an extra exemption if you became uh military disabled or you were finally granted your disability you can get a homestead exemption but you still have the same window in which to file it you got to go and do that by march 1st
1: one more homestead exemption real quick we're building Mm -hmm. a house and paying on a construction loan we won't be closing the loan until april so when do we file
3: you file next year january January, first of 2022 and you can't
1: file early you have to file
3: there there are some counties that let you get your paperwork in early but they don't do anything until january so they call it a Pre-file or something like that, but I I searched through about fifteen counties and I only found one that allowed a pre-file. Seems like
1: that would be efficient.
3: Yeah, it seems like I think it's becoming a trend. I've heard of it happening in some counties, but I could only find one locally that was doing the pre-file. I think it was Seminole County that was allowing you to pre-file, so you could do that, and it wouldn't be effective (laughs) until the following year. But as a general rule, you've got to wait until January if you bought or finished closing on your construction house in the prior year
1: all right Fred. so you went out in the world and asked people about mortgages
4: oh yeah that's right mj i went out in the wild
1: in the wild
4: that's right i made a little owen wilson wow kitty cougar wow that's him saying wow (laughs) (laughs) it's hlr in the wild wow all right and
3: of course you were you were safe and protected yourself and others and we're socially distanced and uh, you know all of that. Stuff, always right? my man yeah so I know you're very careful and um so tell so tell us what happened
4: yeah I went out uh, asked a couple of questions about uh, initials like acronyms you know uh, because there's a lot that we've heard about since home loans radio has been on the air and I also asked uh, a question about people buying homes just to see uh, you know who's got their fingers on the pulse? So, without further ado, would you like to hear one?
1: Yes, please. Yes,
3: indeed.
4: Okay, so this is one. Uh, you know, we we toss out uh, initials a lot. So I asked, "What does I R R R L stand for?" Because I don't know. Don, do you know? I'm I. <laughs> I do. I do know. Yeah. Would you like to hear how many people guessed? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, there we go. Let's see how many people this one. IRRL.
5: Interest rate reduction loan. Oh my god. Uh, Interest returned. Oh man. I don't know.
4: That one I got no idea. No clue. Do you have any guesses? No, because I just keep thinking in real life. No. That last guy had no clue. (laughs) No.
3: Did the last person just say no? He
4: said no. Yeah, he has. He he basically said no on on every question. I'm like, you know what? I guess he's like, no. <laughs> so what the heck All does right. that stand well, for?
3: This is our this is
4: our inaugural
3: run of this uh, this little thing. I think it's going to be fun. We'll uh, we'll figure out and develop it as it goes. Um, so the answer is I R R R L three R's in there is an interest rate reduction refinance loan. And that is a loan that veterans can do. If you have a VA loan and you already have a VA mortgage and you want to do what's called a streamline refinance, the 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 military loves to put acronyms on things. So mm-hmm. I, R, 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 L just rolls right off the top oh, it to, does. to do three R's yeah, in a sure. row like that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we even call it, we called it an Earl uh, in, you know, in the, in the office. So you should
1: roll those R's. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: I think that seems harder, but uh, I, R, 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 L, if you're a vet and you have a VA loan currently and, and then you can do what's called a streamlined VA loan. You don't even have to do an appraisal. It's a really good time to be looking at those. The the rates on VA loans are unreal right now. The lowest I've ever seen. If you have a good credit score, you can get your rate down to like 2.25 on a 30-year loan, close to 2% on a 15-year loan. And it's a streamlined loan, meaning that you don't have to do an appraisal. You have to provide very limited income documentation. That's really... uh, a good and easy loan for veterans to do. As you probably, I've mentioned before, I'm a vet, I'm an army vet and I do a lot of loans for veterans. I'm, I'm with a lot of veterans groups and it's a really good time to be doing that. You can save a ton of money. If you want to find out how much and just get a, you know, a quote emailed to you with no hassle, just go to homeloansradio.com. And we'll put it together and then you look at it. If it makes sense, then you can do it. There's no cost out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. You can lower your rate. If you've got a three, four five in front of your rate, you you are just kind of spending extra money and uh, get with us and we can help you rectify the situation. So uh, that that was fun. So how, how did people respond out in the, the wild, Fritz?
4: uh it was like asking them math questions <laughs> <laughs> and are you
1: catching them like coming out of the doctor's office no they're at they the bar maybe so they're they're pounding
4: shots awesome. and drinking beers and then they're like all right uh, come on let's do this thing <laughs> i'm gonna have to give you a budget so you can get people beard up first before... well maybe there should oh, be, be, be some great. kind of
1: prize for people if we're at the bar yeah you know? like shots 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 if you get the question right
3: that'd be awesome yeah. Long as it's safe and they have a designated driver and all of that mm,
1: wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well that's great this everybody our,
1: has Lyft now it's our
3: first inaugural trying that and uh, we've got a, another one or two coming up here during the show and we'll get to those we're, we're figuring that out we're figuring the bit out don't blast okay. us with text telling us that it, it's not formed yet we're working on it
1: just if you have a question you think we should ask let us know yeah i'm just you, really proud of this question? right
3: here wow <laughs> if you got a question that fritz uh, should be asking people uh, text it in We'll we'll uh, add it to our suggestion yeah
1: be reasonable um <laughs> here's a question is there any way for my 13 plus years of paying rent on time and never being evicted count towards anything so i don't have to pay mortgage insurance
4: kind of like an honor code
1: right like i'm a really would, good honorable. renter so you can trust me
4: wouldn't that be great
1: i would love that that seems reasonable
3: yeah so what they mean is when, when they said PM count towards mm-hmm. uh, PMI. Yeah. Yeah. So when you buy a house, if you put down less than 20%, you're going to have an extra part of your payment on there. That's called PMI or private mortgage insurance. And so when you make your mortgage payment, you got the principal and interest on the loan. You've got your taxes and insurance. You pay one 12th of those with every payment so that the, at the end of the year, there's enough money in your escrow account to pay your taxes and insurance. And then if you put down less than 20%, you pay PMI. And it's not an insignificant amount it depends on the more you put down the more the, the lower it goes but it can be 50 100 200 300 a month and the the person was asking if you got an amazing rental history and you've done an awesome job for 13 years can you get a break on not having to do that private mortgage insurance and the answer is no unfortunately Aww. yeah
0: I, I think that, that there's
5: 18 plus. There should be consideration there. There are sometimes considerations for
3: having a good rental history. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the first-time homebuyer programs might have that in there, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna give you no PMI or free PMI. It might. Uh, it might help with your rate a little bit, or it might allow a little bit higher debt ratio. Meaning if you need some sort of compensating factor to, you know, if you're kind of on the edge of getting approved, then your prior rental history might come back and be a good thing that helps you get approved with the underwriter. But short of that, there's not a whole lot of benefit for it, except for you knowing that you have done a, a, a job, a, a good job, <laughs> a job well done is what I'm trying to say.
1: Here, someone says, I'll be baking Valentine's cookies and other treats today, then going to see my husband's band play at the Sanford Brewing tonight. Ooh. At Sanford Brewing tonight. Oh, Have wow. a great weekend all. Well, what's the well, name of the band?
3: Like I, I want to know oh, the band. So they're making Valentine's yes. Day cookies? Not Galentine's Day cookies. No,
1: Valentine's Day cookies.
3: Yeah. And uh, you're celebrating Galentine's Day today, MJ?
4: No. <laughs> I am. Why not? <laughs> awesome. You know I am. Get, yeah, getting together with my lady friends.
1: <laughs> that's right we are not gender discriminatory here no
4: Galentine's.
1: it could be it could be for anybody who feels like celebrating Galentine's.
4: well
3: when i when i read the uh, description of it online i don't you know it, it was on google so it must be true it says galentine's day brings women together to celebrate it's pretty gender-y. each other it's
1: true but let's not be gendery you know let's exclusives fritz if you want to have a galentine's day you do it
4: i'm going to i already, already I said you should it's i'm already done, done. yeah <laughs>
1: I'd like to be invited, especially if it's a Zoom Valentine's Day. (laughs) Valentine's Day. Sorry.
3: Well, so thanks for letting us know what you're doing out there, folks. You can text your questions and information and questions for uh, Fritz to ask out in the wild to 77031. And um, we're going to answer quite a few more of those after the break. We've got a lot more coming up for you. Another uh, episode of uh, HLR in the wild. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Hey, this is Deborah Roberts from the Jim Colbert show. And you're listening to the home loans radio show with that mortgage guy, Don, right here on Real Radio 104.1.
1: Good morning. <laughs> You're listening to Homelands Radio. With that mortgage guy Don, it just said something so weird. I was stunned for a moment. Wow. Could not even could not even speak. What? You said that someone in your high school <laughs> thought they were reincarnated as Custer? Where no. did you go to high school, first of all?
3: I went to Oak Ridge High School. I'm okay. a local boy. I wow. grew up here. By the way, uh, we were talking about Owen Wilson. That's why.
1: <laughs> it's a long, convoluted way. That you don't need to know how we got here. I'm just saying, we got here. <laughs> that was weird.
3: Uh, yeah. Fritz was talking about a, quotes for, a quote from the Royal Tannenbaums about uh, General Custer. And, uh, and I said <laughs> I had a friend in high school who thought completely seriously that he was committed re-
1: to the idea he
3: was the reincarnated version of general custer and i mean we talked about it a lot he had a lot of books a lot of research a lot That's of data bizarre. yeah but you ta-
1: he was a friend of yours
3: yeah he's a very interesting guy
1: wow <laughs> you must have really hung with that
3: <laughs> oh i was totally in the nerd uh dungeons and dragons uh <laughs> apparently reincarnation group uh, at high school yeah. did
1: did you are you a reincarnation of any civil war uh,
3: You're listening to Home Loans Radio (laughs) with that mortgage guy, Don, and uh, we talk about. uh, That's not something I can talk about, am I? But uh, I see. (laughs) We talk about uh, you know your questions about home loans, radio, radio, home loans, radio, and we talk about your questions about mortgages and uh, real estate and refinancing and uh, reminded people last segment and for the last few weeks, you got to file your homestead exemption. Now's the time, January first. The deadline is March first. If you bought a house last year, you have to go and file your homestead exemption to get your tax discount come November.
1: One more question about that. Sorry, repeat what Don said about widower getting exemption. Is that the same as a tax exemption he was talking about? So when somebody's asking about that. So yeah,
3: there's a homestead exemption that you get if you're a Florida resident. You know, if you live in your house in Florida, they give you a discount on your taxes as opposed to someone who lives here part of the year. Maybe they Mm -hmm. are a snowbird from Canada or up north somewhere. If it's your homestead, then you get a tax break compared to everybody else. If it's a rental property, they don't get this tax break. But there are other additional tax breaks besides being the Florida resident one. If you are, you can look it up, go to your county, look up homestead exemption. It gives you a list of the things, but there are certain disabilities. If you're blind, if you are disabled, if you became, if you're a widower, if you're a certain type of military veteran, and there's a few more I'm forgetting to mention, but you can Find out about that. If you became a widow or widower last year, you can talk to your county about getting that homestead, ex- that, that uh, tax exemption for that.
1: All right. So here's some new, we have a bunch <clears throat> of questions. All right, there. let's
3: do some.
1: I have a credit score of 580 and my husband has a score of 710. I'm working on my score, but does it make more sense to wait until I have a higher score too two before we start buying the home process?
3: It really depends on who has the income in mm. the, in the equation, because it's quite possible. We do it all the time where we have you know couples that have very diverse credit scores like that, where the 580 is too low to even work on a loan. You really need to be about a 640 or so right now used to be, used to be, you could do it down to 580 pre COVID, but that's really tightened up over the past 10, 11 months. Um, so now you got to be up around a 640 and that may change in the future. I don't know. But if your husband's at a 720, then then he's certainly well qualified to buy as far as the score goes. But you got to look and see where the income comes from. So if he has enough income coming in on his job to debt ratio for the purchase, then you can do the mortgage now. You can both be on the deed and title and only one of you on the mortgage And the other question I get that's kind of along those lines is, can, you know, can we use my credit score, but my wife's income? No, you can't, you can't do that. If you're, if you're going to be on the loan using your income, then they have to use your credit score. So the answer is a maybe, you know, it just depends Mm -hmm. on where the income is coming from. You may be able to buy now, or if you need both incomes, then you're, yeah, you're going to have to wait until your score gets up high enough to be able to do it. And of course, the higher the score, the better the interest rate. When, when we're doing a purchase or refinance with a couple where they have, Let's say one has a 660 score and the other has a 720 score. We have to go by the lower score of the two people on the loan when we're determining the interest rates.
1: I have a mortgage of 250,000. I have 168 left. My rate is 3.875. Our mortgage right now just went up a bit because of escrow. So we were paying 1700 a month. They're now paying 1700 a month. They've also been paying an extra thousand a month since they started four years ago. Just recently I thought about doing bi-weekly payments and keeping the hundred the thousand dollars coming. Do you think I should refi or am I too far into the payments?
3: That was a lot. So I know.
1: <laughs> so their mortgage is two fifty. They have 168 left. Okay. Their rate is 3.875. Their They're per- paying extra on their mortgage each month. Um, but should they is it worthwhile for them to refi?
3: It could be. We'd have to do the math. I, I don't know if they have any PMI on there, if they currently have an FHA loan. If you could get rid of PMI, that would help. But, uh, you know, at a 3.875, you can probably get down about a point. And that's usually the threshold where I say that people need to be. And it, it depends on the loan size, though. If you've got an $80,000 loan, then lowering it a point isn't going to help you that
1: 168. much. One hundred
3: sixty-eight. It's only going to lower it about 40 bucks a month or so. On 168000 You can probably lower it 100, I'd say about $140, $150 a month by dropping a point. So it's going to depend on the situation. Were they they asking about the biweekly payments or they're just saying they're thinking about it?
1: They're thinking about it. What do you think about that? Uh,
3: So what biweekly payments means is you can set it up with your mortgage servicer that you pay one half of your monthly mortgage payment every two weeks. And it's called a biweekly payment plan. And what that does, essentially, it means that you'll pay 26 half payments instead of 12 full payments. So the net result is at the end of the year, you've got an extra payment made on your mortgage. So, yeah, that can help you move it faster, but it's not the fastest way to do it because when you make that those extra payments, you're making part towards principal and part towards interest. And on in a 30-year loan, that's like 80% of it goes to interest in the, in the first five years of the loan. So you're, you're better off saving that whole payment and putting it all towards principal, in my opinion, you know, biweekly is better than what you may not, you know, than just the normal payments, but actually just paying it yourself directly towards, towards principal is even better than the biweekly.
1: When getting a new job, why do you always say it has to be in the same job field? How, can I get a new job in a different field and have it be the same salary? How long would you need paycheck history from that?
3: well it depends on the nature of the job normally normally for them for for underwriters to consider you have job stability you have to have a two-year history of employment and if your two-year history is you know the same type of work but at two or three places even though you've moved around a bit they may still count that as stable but if it's a job you've never done before you know if you were working on a farm and now you're selling cars, they, they they would need to see a track record of that before they know how it's going to turn out for you. You know, they don't know if it's going to work. So, but the the same job field can be kind of generalized. You can be a retail clerk at a, you know, 7-Eleven and then a retail clerk at an auto parts store. And that, that may be the same since you're a clerk or an office manager at a different type of, uh, you know, uh, uh, a law firm versus a a doctor's office. So if, you're, if your general job type is staying the same, then it, it will probably be okay. And normally it's just something I've got to kind of hear and talk through with you to see if we're okay on the job stability. The other thing is you can you can just have started a job if you were going to school for that job, then there's no mm-hmm. two-year history required. We can use the years that you were in school as the time of experience in that job. So if you're going to school for four years to be, I don't know, a, a medical records person, and then you get that job, then we can start counting that usually once you've been there for a month and we can be sure that you're working 40 hours a week full time. Excellent question. You can text yours into seven, seven, zero, three, one.
1: I was just notified by my lender that my payment is going up $400 a month. I'm freaked out. I can't afford this. We bought the house four years ago. Any advice? What's that about?
3: So that happens a lot in January because, yeah, and we may not have time. I may not have time to do it justice. If we don't, I'll come back to the question. But it happens a lot in January because that's when most lenders reevaluate your escrow accounts Mm. in case your taxes went up or your insurance went up during the year. So when you're doing an escrow account, you're putting in one twelfth of those payments. And yes, I'm not going to have enough time to do it. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, MJ's going to, we're going to finish up that question. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
4: Hey, Sabrina from The News Junkie here. You're listening to that mortgage guy, Don, and his crew on the Home Loans Radio Show on Real Radio. Hey, hey,
3: hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to Home Loans Radio. You're listening here on 104.1 to the most talked about, the most listened to mortgage related show on a Saturday morning. We are here live today <laughs> on the February the 13th. It's pouring rain out there yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, you can uh, text in your questions to seven seven zero three one. Anything having to do with mortgages, real estate we will answer your questions. I'm a mortgage expert. If you are interested in finding out more or you want to talk to me offline, you can go to homeloansradio.com. You can ask me questions there. You can email me questions. You can text me questions. You can apply right there for a loan. If you want to get a quote, we'll send you one usually the same day. And sometimes if you get it in too late, then the next day, but we do our (laughs) best to get it out quickly. Um, when we had some questions from right before the break, let's get back to that one. MJ.
1: Yeah, the question was, um, I was just notified by my lender that my payment is going up $400 a month. I mm. am freaked out. I can't afford this. We bought the house four years ago. Any advice?
3: Normally what causes this is when, you're, when your escrow account ends up short. So the, the escrow account is when where your taxes and your insurance mm-hmm. go into during the year. So every year you pay one-twelfth, I'm sorry, every month you pay one-twelfth of your taxes and one-twelfth of your homeowner's insurance into an account so that when those bills are due, there's enough in there to pay for that year's worth of insurance or taxes. Taxes are due every year in November and insurance is due every year on the anniversary of whenever you bought. So if you bought your house in May, then that first policy runs from say May of 2020, it's going to expire in May of 2021. And that's when the new one is due. If you're, if your property taxes went up in November, let's say they went up a few hundred dollars, or your homeowner's insurance went up and they renewed the policy, what will normally happen is if you don't have enough money in that account, your lender will still go ahead and pay it. So if they pay it and that makes your escrow account, say, $600 or $1,000 short, then you're going to have a problem. What that means is usually every December or January, they rectify those counts. They look at your escrow account. They see if it's in the negative, if you didn't have enough money in there. If you had extra money in there, that they, they may refund it to you or ask you if you wanted to put if you want to put it towards principal but if you're short then they're going to have to readjust your mortgage payment so that not only are you making up the shortage from the past year but you've got to make it up for the next 12 months to make sure you're not short in the future. So these folks were probably, you know, only a couple hundred dollars short but it multiplies when you're making up a past shortage and making sure you don't have one going forward. It's it's pretty tough and it happens a lot in excuse me, December and January. That's when most mortgage companies evaluate that account. Uh, There are a couple things you could do about it. One would be to shop your insurance, your homeowner's insurance around and make sure that you're getting a good deal. Um, Because just like car insurance or any other insurance that you you get your policy and then it kind of tends to creep up every year. It might go up a hundred bucks or 200 bucks. And then all of a sudden after four or five years, it's gone up. And if you reshop it, then you might be able to get that premium lower for your insurance. So that might be one way to do it. Uh, You can't do much about the taxes unless you haven't filed your homestead exemption, you know, from when you bought the house, then Mm -hmm. you could go and file that and maybe get your taxes down lower. But the taxes are the taxes. They they typically go up and they're going to go up a little bit every year uh, on average in Florida. So not a lot you can do about that. But I will say if that $400 a month for them is like, like they said, they can't, they can't handle it. It's too much call your servicer. They may be willing to work out a plan with you where they divide that shortage over 24 months instead of 12. I've seen that done before. So that's really the best bet for you. And just give them a call say, hey, you just raised my payment 400 bucks. I can't do it. Can we do 200 and make up that shortage? And usually they'll work with you if you've got a good payment history.
1: Hey, Fritz, so when you were out in the wild, you had another question?
4: I did. Yes, (laughs) HLR out in the wild.
1: (laughs) That's a working title, folks.
4: Yes. So, the other question was, <laughs> in 2020, what percent of homes were purchased by folks in their 20s and 30s? Ooh. So, let's see. Now they do. In 2020, what percent of homes do you think were purchased by folks in their 20s and
0: 30s? 13%. That one, I got no idea. No choice. 28%. I think it was the highest in a long time. I'm going to say, uh, uh I'm going to say 25% wow
3: how much is it so the 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 actual for 2020 was the highest it's it's been
1: well he was right about that he
3: was he was definitely right and they were there were some close answers but the actual percentage of new first-time homebuyers in their 20s and 30s was 38 percent oh my gosh that's really high it was the highest age segment of any last year higher than you know 30 40s and 50s -hmm. and and older
1: and that's not just first-time homebuyers that was just 80, purchases in general.
3: Well, it's purchases in general. 38% of all the purchases oh, wow. in general. This is according to uh NAR, which is uh National Association of Realtors, but the 38% of all of the homes purchased were by people in that 20 to 30 20 and 30 year olds. And of that group, 88% of that group were first-time home buyers. Wow. So it was a very significant year for people in that age group to buy last year. It's really a lot of what we're seeing. It's people that are coming up that are ready to buy their first home. And I work a lot with first time homebuyers. If you if you're that person and you're out there, you can go to homeloansradio.com and, and do some reading around. Look at the resources section, look at the calculators that are there. They'll show you kind of a a rent versus own scenario. Uh, and you can there's also some some uh, videos there, first time homebuyer, you know, documents you can read uh, and things of that nature. Or if you have questions, you can reach out to me there. A lot of lenders don't want to work with first time home buyers or they, they, they shy away from it because discrimination, it be, oh, huh? Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's their personal preference. It can, well, frankly, it can take a lot more time and effort to help someone get to their first house, Maybe uh,
0: we sure. got to help yeah.
3: them work on their credit. Maybe mm-hmm. you've got to do, you know, I have a lot of times first time homebuyers will have a 90 day plan or a six month plan or even a 12 month plan to get them in a place where they're ready to buy. And a lot mm-hmm. of people don't want to do that.
1: Maybe there's lots of explaining to do.
3: <laughs> <There's> <laughs> lots of explaining to do. And I, and I, and I've told, I've said this before, I've been doing this a long time for me. The part that's the most rewarding is helping people get to that place and, and educate them and, you know, giving them the information that they're looking for. So if you are that person, you want to find out what it takes to get pre-approved, you can find the basics just by going to the website and looking at that. And then if you want to get more in depth or you're ready to, you know, pull the trigger and find out how much you can get pre-approved for or exactly where your credit score is, then, then you can reach out at home You just hit the apply now button and go in there and put in your info. Or go to the Ask Don section and set up a time we can we, we can set up a, a time for you to chat with a loan officer and get the real deal and. We're gonna. I promise you this. We're gonna take our time with you. We're gonna answer your questions. We're gonna treat you like a person and not, you know, give you a short answer just because you 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 don't know what you're talking about. So,
1: <laughs> well, just not yet.
3: <laughs> yeah, you will. You will. You'll be
1: at the bar talking mortgages in no time. I, I, oh, I will yeah.
3: tell you. I have people call me MJ for the first time, and they will they will tell me I've listened to 14 of your podcasts. Wow. I, I've learned a lot, and uh, here's what I still have questions on. So good. You can also go if you want to do that. You can go to Home Loans Radio we have every show we've ever done live is there on on the uh, website and it's like two hundred hours of uh, material there so wow. you know if that's you have, a
1: hole you don't you if, could go down if
3: you if you want to know <laughs> a lot of stuff and also hear a lot of shenanigans mm, go check it out
1: yes it's there for your listening pleasure <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, <MJ's> enthusiasm <laughs> is so contagious <laughs> that's right
1: <laughs> I try not to let it bubble over too much.
3: All right, well that was our that, that was our first foray into the HRLR in the wild. We're going to be doing more of that. If you can think of some questions that Fritz should uh, ask when he's out doing that, uh, text him in. We're open to your suggestions. Don't be don't be rude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've owned my home for ten years. My ex husband lived here for one year. Um, I was awarded the house. I want to refinance and get his name off and lower my rate and add our three adult children. So they'll have the house when I die. How do I manage all that?
3: You're going to want to get with, uh, Don over at home loans radio, because it's a little bit complicated. I do. I work a lot in this kind of situation. I have a lot of, um, divorce attorneys and mediators that send me clients that need Mm -hmm. to kind of divide, divide things up after a divorce or during a divorce. Do you like talk
1: to people and be like. You like mediate the situation or you just.
3: No, I'm not a mediator. I'm not an attorney, you know, but I know how look what we look at is whatever's been mediated. I'll look mm-hmm. at the mediation agreement or I'll look at the divorce decree or I'll look at the marital separation agreement. We, and we have to have that. So a lot of a lot of folks feel like it's too, too you know, too personal of information. But unfortunately, we got to have it. We get some
1: pushback to... when you say send me all your divorce information
3: well we have to have it because essentially those are court orders and a lot of times so i've see. got to make sure we're following what the court is saying or what you know or what's been agreed to and so, you need all of it oh yeah like if i've had people say right. it's uh, you know my divorce decree my divorce was a scorched earth hell <laughs> and my divorce decree is 396 pages long it's like well you can put it in a pdf and <laughs> send it to me because we got to have it all
1: because in case yeah. one page has something weird that—that's right—if they have
3: one clause on there that says, you know, if the if the dog dies before September, you owe me the house back. You know, <laughs> oh man, you got a, got a problem. But, yeah, uh, that's rough. so we got to have it
1: feeding this dog. We're,
3: you know, we're, we're of course, and all of your information is private. We are licensed. We're, you know, everything's confidential and we, we do what we need to do on that. But yeah, reach out to me at homeloansradio.com That's not when I can give you a quick answer on the air. We're going to have to listen to your, I'm going to have to listen to what your situation is. You, you, the house has been awarded to you. So we just have to figure out who else is on title, how to get those adult children on title. And uh, I can help you with all of that. You can reach out to me at homeloansradio.com and we'll handle that offline. Great question! Thanks for texting yours into seven seven zero three one, and you can also tell us what you're doing. Uh, what do we got, MJ?
1: Well, we don't have a lot of time left, but yeah, tell us what you what you're up to. Mm. How is it that we get this one? It's an old favorite, mm-hmm. it's a regular. Um, huh? How do companies claim to offer no closing costs? Dallas wants to know. <clears throat> Dallas. Dallas the whole city well it's just i think one person but oh, okay maybe it's the whole city and thanks for listening dallas
4: <laughs> man one of my favorite country western song lyrics is have you ever seen dallas from a dc nine at night
1: hmm. huh. such a beautiful one maybe i have
3: i I was probably flying over at some point and saw that
1: hmm. well, but that uh thanks for that got question me thinking dallas.
3: about it chase <laughs> if you could see her she's got that uh reminiscing pose. Yeah. she's scratching her <laughs> chin <laughs>
1: I do recall. Uh, th-
3: that is an excellent question. And I will tell you that is probably the most asked question that I get every week at Really? Yeah. You know, when people go to homelessradio.com, they go to the ask Don box. That's mm-hmm. probably the most asked question I get. And that's because do, I think do they
1: ask like, do you pay my closing costs?
3: I do. I have people yeah. that, that will say right off the bat, Do you pay closing do you pay our closing costs? Or do you have the no closing costs loan? You know, or how do more commonly people say, How do you know they know there's something up? They know it's not right. just free. Right. Four thousand dollars, you know, woohoo. You know, Thank I just uh, got a scratch off uh, winner. You know, right. that people, most people have the common sense to realize that it's not free. There's no such thing as free. And so the, the question is, you know, how do I get one of those no closing cost loans? It simply doesn't exist. That's the first thing that's kind of false out there when people say no closing costs. They may be trying to be tricky and say "No closing mm-hmm. costs to you directly at closing I see, but that 's really what it comes down to because every loan has to have a closing costs it has to there are doc stamps, there are title fees, there are transfer taxes there are, are title search and exam fees, there are appraisals there's all of these things that have to be done, maybe even a survey has to be purchased. you mm-hmm. know all these things have to be done on every deal for it to be a legal transaction in the state of Florida. Uh, the doc stamps and the transfer taxes are how Florida makes revenue. We don't have a state income tax here in Florida. So they have the doc stamps on on mortgages and on purchases and on the on the deed and the title and so forth. So the, there are closing costs on every single loan. So that's kind of the first misnomer is that there's such a thing as a no closing cost loan. It just doesn't exist.
1: But what about the question- when they say, I'll pay your closing costs?
3: Yeah, if, and... Technically, they they can, but the only way a lender I can do that. Any lender can do that. Right. We can pay your closing costs, but the only way that that is practical from a business standpoint is that we charge you a little bit higher interest rate when we do that. So, if the rate if you could get a two point seven five rate and I charge you a three percent rate or a three and a quarter rate, then Fannie Mae or FHA or Freddie Mac or VA or whoever we're doing the loan through, they give us a rebate for that higher rate, and we use that rebate to pay your closing costs. I think it's just kind of a gimmick. So I don't do Mm -hmm. it. I mean, I I will do it in very rare cases if it makes sense for the person. Um, And a lot of times, if you're only going to have a house for a year or 18 months, it might make more mathematical sense to do it that way. So occasionally we'll do it. The real reason this or facility, what if someone
1: just really that's the only way they can qualify.
3: Yeah, I was going to say the real reason this facility exists is like if someone's doing a purchase and they have almost enough money for their closing costs and they need, say, two thousand dollars more. Well, we can raise that rate a little bit and get a two thousand dollar rebate and let them use that for their closing costs. That's the reason it exists. But the truth is there's no such thing as a free lunch. You're going to be if you go with one of those companies and get a quote you're and then you get other quotes from somebody like us you're going to see their rates are a quarter point a half a point higher and it's just plain and simple that's that's really the way that uh, that we can do it
1: and then when you do get that comparison you want to look at which part of that
3: well the most important thing is going to be the apr, the APR. because you'll see that even they might tell you you've got a three and a quarter rate the apr is going to be much higher in a
2: lot of cases as well
3: uh you're listening to home loans radio we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back for our final segment right after this
2: You're listening to Home Loans Radio on Real Radio 104.1. Now back to the show with That Mortgage Guide, Don.
4: That's right. It's 1018 a.m. Do you know where your mortgage is? Home Loans Radio on Real Radio 104.1. Fritz, MJ, and That Mortgage Guide. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) You're listening to Home Loans Radio. We
3: are live here today. We've been answering your text questions at 77031. Talking about what, MJ? Uh, mortgages mortgages and real estate and all that kind of stuff but also what what's today the day of february 13th is
1: Valentine's day
3: that's correct tell people what that is mj it's
1: the day for gals to celebrate valentine's day all right and and not just the gals who are valentine's with each other just like (laughs) friends who are it's a friend day like a friend without benefits day
3: it's like the anti-Valentine's Day. Right. Like well, you it's, don't, like, it's
1: like a hang for you ladies. You don't have
3: to be coupled up.
1: Right. It's, it's like a way for lady, the ladies to celebrate the day without, you know, their significant other lady or man.
3: And tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Yeah. And uh, you got some big plans?
1: For Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. Uh, no.
3: <laughs> Quarantine as usual. Right? Uh, no. <laughs> How about you, Fritz? You got some big plans?
4: Um, for Valentine's Day? No. Probably <laughs> just listening to country music and recording more. And lifting oh. weights.
3: Oh, you are you're a prolific songwriter, Fritz. I I think you'll get some. You'll you'll probably write ten songs tomorrow.
4: Well, yeah. well the only way you can be prolific is if you keep recording. So that's true. That right? is for sure. And the only way Th- you can get swole is if you keep lifting weights.
1: Ooh, How's
4: did that- you did you watch the Super Bowl, Fritz? Mm, yeah, a little bit. Did you see the commercial <laughs> with the little boy? No I don't think oh my
1: God I have to find it for you It's this little skinny kid who decides he's gonna get swole and he's like out working out in the garage with Aww. paint cans and stuff I <laughs> was like it's friends <laughs> <made me> <laughs> <laughs> look it up folks it's Super Bowl with the with the weightlifting kid yep
3: yeah. it's and, very and cute the, the Valentine's Day reminds me of the 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 to um, see the news article this guy Florida of course this oh, guy always. in Volusia County no. uh, the sheriff's officer the sheriff's office is searching for a man they say, stole an engagement ring and wedding bands from his girlfriend and, uh, used them to propose to his other girlfriend.
4: Oh, oh my God. God.
3: And this is why Galantine's day exists. It's
4: pretty
1: thrifty for that jilted girlfriend <laughs> exactly. get with your girls and have a Galantine's day celebration. Cause that guy is, you know, celebrate the loss of that guy.
3: Right. Well, uh, yeah. And they, uh, apparently the article went on to say that they both met him on cupid.com. Now this is oh. not a, indictment of that or anything well, but you
1: know a little bit
3: the, and the, the one the funny part not funny none of it's funny but the the interesting part was that the uh the rings belonged to the one woman's grandmother so he Ugh. stole them her grandmother's jewelry to give to his new girlfriend allegedly they haven't they're looking oh, for okay. him to uh ask him some hard questions about this i suppose but happy valentine's day man
1: that's rough yeah that's really rough especially that's that's just down low just gonna say that's a scoundrel go on just, i'm just i'm just flabbergasted that, i mean one thing if he bought the rings and he's like just wants to do a take back yeah you know just do a mulligan and say oh never mind right <laughs> i'm gonna go over here but he took her heirloom rings yeah and gave them to some other person who's like i don't even like these rings they look old <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> these look like somebody's grandma's rings what do i want with these that's just terrible yeah did they get the rings back
3: no, they're still trying to find him. I, I do not that's all I know. Oh. It was a short little blurb. But I thought, you know, Valentine's Day. All right, man.
1: So disturbed about the humanity of the lack of humanity here.
3: Yeah, well, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> well,
3: folks, <laughs> it's uh it's that time of the show where we oh. uh come to the speed round.
1: All right. Speed round it's where I ask you a bunch of questions.
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna say it a little better than that, or okay. different than that. The speed round MJ puts together a bunch of questions we may not have been able to get to during the show, and she asks them to me real fast to try and get them in, and hopefully I can answer them quickly. And then she asks me some sort of riddle at the end to mess with my head.
1: Hey, that's a that's a secret.
3: It's time for the speed round.
1: Okay, uh, a couple of these we've actually kind of uh, went over today, but I'll ask them anyway quickly. I
3: hope I know the answers.
1: I hope you do. What does why does my homeowner's insurance keep going up?
3: Well. There can be legit reasons for your homeowner's to insurance to go up. If you've made, if you had claims or things like that, your insurance is going to go up just like a car policy. It can also be a lot of companies in Florida are starting to raise your insurance as your roof gets older. Because at a certain point, you know, the, the 17 to 20 mm. to 25 year range, they know they're going to have to replace that roof if, if you have a, a storm of some sort. So what we're seeing in Florida is a lot of companies When you get to a magic age of your roof, your policy starts going up every year. You can reshop it, you know, and and get some different quotes. If you uh, don't have an agent or you want to shop it, uh, hit me up at Home Loans Radio and I'll I'll connect you with some agents.
1: I have an 807 credit score and own nine acres. Can I get a new home loan with no money down and use the land as collateral?
3: Not exactly. Uh, That's an excellent credit score. Over 800 is less than the top 1% uh, credit score. Congratulations. Yeah, good job on that. But you could do maybe an equity line or something like that on your your, uh, land to get some cash, but there's not any zero down programs unless you are, you know, there's one for USDA, which is kind of rural property. So you may be able to do that, but you have to have a certain low level of income, lower lower sc- schedule of income. Or if you're a veteran, you can do a loan with no money down.
1: I would like to buy a home while the rates are still low, but I filed bankruptcy one year ago in October, discharged in February, 2020 due to job loss. Would job loss be considered an extenuating circumstance in order to qualify for a loan? My middle mortgage score is currently 671.
3: Yeah. After a bankruptcy, there's a waiting period. It can be as short as two years. If there was no property included in it, it can be as long as four years. But um, there, there are extenuating circumstances that can shorten that term. But job loss is not one of them. They're, they're like severe health things like you had a heart attack or you, you know, lost a, a foot. I mean, it's got to be pretty severe for them to count it as an extenuating circumstance with the bankruptcy.
1: And the the date counts when you filed or when it was um,
3: from the discharge, discharge. Okay. from the discharge date. Yeah.
1: I want to get in on this refi opportunity. How soon can I know for sure what rate I'm going to get?
3: Well, you know, if you go to homeloansradio.com, you can do the apply now. We'll tell you what rate you're going to get as long as you move forward within a, a day or two because rates change all the time. So if you, you know, if we send you a quote and you go forward within a day or two, we'll be able to honor that rate. But if you wait a month or your week, I got to check and see where the rates are again. But you'll know your rate right away, either that day or the same or the next day when we send you your quote.
1: I'm a veteran, but my partner isn't. We've been together 20 years. We have kids. Can we refi with a VA loan?
3: You can refi with a VA loan, but you cannot use her or them, your, your partner on the loan if they're not a veteran and you're not married. So if you're married, you can you can add your partner on the loan. Um, but if you are not, then you can't. Um, Within there are certain exceptions to that, so that's kind of an unusual c- circumstance. But if you can qualify yourself, then you can be on the loan, and they can be on the deed and title.
1: Although I take my time, mm-hmm. I am never late. We go. I accompany life, but survive when you're dead. I'm viewed with esteem, and I sit on your head. What am I? <laughs>
3: <laughs> A rhyming riddle.
1: Uh,
4: One more time, okay. Fritz. Can I, you... Fritz already
1: knows it. I know he does. But does I, he?
4: I'm... I don't think I do. I don't okay. guess.
1: Yeah. Well, hang on. Let me read again. Although I take my time, I am never late. I accompany life, but survive when you're dead. I am viewed with esteem and sit on your head. What do I? Hair? Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't understand the first line. How does it, what was the first I line? am your
1: hair. Although I take my time, I oh, am I never late. Time. I see. I don't understand how hair is never late. Yeah, I don't I understand that, that part. part. I accompany life, but survive when you're dead. Did yeah. you write that? No, I did not. <laughs> no, I'm not a writer of riddles.
4: <laughs> I didn't get that because I don't have it.
1: Right?
3: Oh, well. So why did you think Fritz would get it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, darling.
1: Because <laughs> he am smart. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, folks, you've done it. You successfully. Wow. Man, it's boring. It, it really is, yeah. <laughs> You've successfully done it. You, you whiled away another 90 minutes of your Saturday morning. And thank you so much for listening to us here at home loans radio. We're going to play you out with another Corvus incorporated song and we'll see you. Well, you won't. We won't see you. Well, you'll hear us next week.
1: All right. All
2: right. and listening to Home Loans Radio with that mortgage guide, Don. Join us every Saturday at 9 a.m. on Real Radio 104.1 and check us out online at homeloansradio.com.